late 70s and early uh. 80s, the boom years of the video game industry. Thank you. And my game system was the Magnavox Odyssey 2. Yeah. Sleek, stylish, futuristic, and totally underappreciated. Oh, Let's change that. Do it, I'll dig through the Odyssey 2 library, introduce you to each game, offer a few of my own expanded memories of playing them both then and now, and we'll see if those games hold up today. Amazing. I'm Earl Green, and this is Select Game. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Select Game, the logbooks podcast devoted to the Odyssey 2, the video pack, everything in that family, the Joe Pack, the Radiola Jet. We don't care if you played one of those consoles, all of which are vaguely compatible with another. If you played just the plain Odyssey in South America, which is how the Odyssey 2 was known there, then welcome. And boy, that South America connection, that's, uh, that's kind of what this edition of Select Game is all about. First off, hello, for the first time in several months. I haven't really meant for this gap to be quite so significant. And yet, here we are. Um, 2021. Am I right? It's... It's been a year. It's been a very busy year. Um, you know, those of you who know, I, I have other gigs in the podcasting world that don't necessarily go out under my own banner, and those are kind of how I'm making my living now. So uh, that's what I've been doing with my time, by and large. But this one, this is almost an emergency podcast. This is... There, there's some big news that just dropped as I am recording this, and the big news is this thing. What is this? As you can see, now this is a sort of a digital flyer that was circulated on Facebook by a group called Odyssey Club. And it says it's the Odyssey Retro. And it looks like just a, a whole new take on the Odyssey... Odyssey 2 hardware. It claims uh, native compatibility with the voice, with the C7010 chess module, which was not something that was ever available in the States, and with the C7420 basic programming computer module, another thing that was not available in the States, as we got this kind of very scaled down uh, computer intro cartridge that, you know, didn't let you program in BASIC, it let you program in in machine language, and, and you couldn't even save your programs, and boy, was that just fun. Yeah, that was lots of fun. Now, this looks like it has the potential to be fun, but I have so many questions, and there is so little information. Now, this kind of stylized render at the top of the flyer. And my apologies to those of you who are listening in podcast form and not seeing the visuals. This is Select Game also goes out on YouTube, and this one is certainly no exception because you know, it really kind of demands that you look at something. Um, it's kind of stylized render at the top. It does have some interesting information built into it, which I'll get back to in a moment. It's the tiny, tiny render at the bottom that really 
uh, tells me almost more than any piece of text on the entire page. It looks like we are looking at something with four switches. Uh, I'd say it's a really good guess that one of them is power, uh, considering that the graphic tells us that there is native compatibility with these three add-on modules. Um, really kind of cutting myself shaving with Occam's razor here, I would say that those three switches switch those modules on or off. You know, like you, if you're going to play a voice game and you want to hear the voice, you want the voice switch on. If you're going to play the chess game, you flip the switch, the, the chess switch on. The, you know, same for the basic programming module, because the chess and the basic programming modules plugged into the cartridge slot of the video pack in Europe. I, I do not know if those modules were also available in South America. That I do not know. But, basically, they overrode anything else that you were going to... You know, there was there was no cartridge slot left to plug in once you had either the chess or computer module plugged in. So it could be that those switches also, you know, for... If that's what those switches are, if those uh, switches are for chess and computer module, it could be that those shut down the cartridge slot and default to internal hardware that performs the functions of those add-on modules, except that they're now built into the machine. Now, the other crazy thing is, this looks like it has a tape drive. It looks like it has a cassette drive. Now, that is something you could do with the, um, the C7420 basic programming module. You could save programs on tape and reload them later. You know, totally unlike the computer intro cartridge that we had in the U.S. Now, my question is, why not also have, or why not even perhaps substitute something like an SD card slot? In fact, that could perform so many functions that it might require an extra switch. If you were going to load... ROMs from an SD card. You can, you know, flip a switch and tell the machine basically, okay, uh, we are overriding the cartridge slot in favor of the SD card slot. Just, just something to consider. I, I don't know what they have planned because, literally, this poster, this flyer, whatever you want to call it, this is all the information that has been provided. And, of course, they have dropped a few other hints, namely that this is a product that they are working on. This is intended to be a real thing and not just a rendering. And that crowdfunding is likely to be involved. That being said, I, I have so many questions <laughs> before I let this very tasty rendering get between me and my wallet. Does this output HDMI? Is this like the Retron 77? If it isn't, why isn't it? Would it really be that difficult to do? If uh, 
I would I would question anyone who says you know we're going to market a console in 2021 that has to go through an RF adapter I yeah an RF modulator I um I don't know the other question is the keyboard I mean the both angles rendered here make this look like it is going to be another flat membrane keyboard and so my question is why put a keyboard on it at all no hear me out hear me out i know you have to have a keyboard for many odyssey 2 and video pack titles especially games like casey munchkin casey's crazy chase if you're going to use the edit feature at all for most games it's how you select your options for games like monkey shines you have to have the keyboard so hear me out on this Lop the keyboard off of that thing, completely. Put a USB port on the front, have the user supply their own USB keyboard. Provide some specs so that we know what keyboards will work. But make it that much smaller and lighter to ship. Leave the keyboard off. Let the end user supply their own keyboard. If I'm trying not to get worked up here. And I'm and here's the other thing. I'm also trying not to get the people behind this upset with me from from the word go as I ask all these questions. You know, I come from a background of TV journalism and you are asking questions really on behalf of the public. And that's what I'm doing here because I'm sure I'm not the only one wondering about these same things. Just make it a box with no keyboard. Have the end user supply their own keyboard. Keyboards are fairly easy to come by. I know that I have two of them in a closet that I just recently retired. Nothing is wrong with them. It's just that I upgraded what I was using on my you know, work machines here, my video production station. Um, I got a couple of backlit keyboards because I wanted to be able to see better in low-light situations, which... You know, I don't know if you noticed, I'm kind of in a low-light situation right now. Um, so I have, you know, I have two keyboards that I could plug into something like this right now. Not an issue, not a problem. For that matter, the piece of information that I said was kind of built into this angle of the rendering shows what appear to be uh, two DB9 joystick ports. Why? Why do that to us? Make those USB ports as well. Let the consumer pick their own controllers. You know, there are so many off-the-shelf USB controllers now. Yeah, I have a USB adapter that would let me use Atari 2600 joysticks. That would be fine. I have USB um, SNES and NES look-alike controllers. And I have USB adapters that let me use my arcade-style PlayStation controllers that I frequently use whenever I do my Phosphorus videos, as many of you know. Let the consumer make the choice. If you restrict it to a DB9 port, there is a very finite number of controllers that will that that will work with. 
it's like, is the end user going to have to hunt down an original run Odyssey 2 that had the detachable controllers? Are you really going to do that to people? I know that the target audience for this is likely to, very likely, very likely, as in the Venn diagram is one great big circle, very likely to already have an Odyssey 2. Okay, I get that. I get it. But if we are trying to come up with a new piece of hardware that lets us relics play our old games, why not kind of future-proof that a little bit? There are so many controllers that could be used, and so many controllers that players now are much more comfortable with my kids would probably be more likely to play Odyssey 2 games with me if they had a D-pad, for example. You know, something that's not a million miles away from the Nintendo Switch controller. So, I, I'm not saying they can't develop their own controller to include with it. That would be cool. But let's learn the lessons of past iterations of the Odyssey 2 Odyssey hardware platform. Let's not make the same mistake that Magnavox or Philips made at a certain point around late 79, early 1980, when they suddenly stuck us with these hardwired controllers that were neither user-serviceable or user-swappable. Let's not do that. Magnavox and Philips already made those mistakes. Let's learn from them. And also, very briefly, Let's pause for a word from our sponsor. Ashley Thomas is the nerdy blogger. Ashley has a master's degree in literature and language, as well as a decade's worth of experience in writing for web publications. If you're looking for someone to assist you with copy for your website, blog posts, email campaigns, web store, social media management, or assistance with search engine optimization, Ashley's your gal. Ashley also spends her time writing about film, television, and comic books contributing to sites such as fangirlish.com and popcultureretrorama.com. You can learn more about Ashley and the work she does at nerdyblogging.wordpress.com, where you can contact her for more information about her writing services. The Nerdy Blogger is proud to be a supporter of thelogbook.com and its podcasts. Another really big question is, I want to know, is this G7400 Plus slash Odyssey 3 compatible out of the box, or is it just emulating G7000 and Odyssey 2? Because there are enhanced games out there that are available in now as reproductions or homebrews that I can only play in emulation. This would be the closest I would be able to get to playing them on native hardware, short of acquiring and modifying a G7400 Plus to output NTSC video, which that kind of solder jockeying, that's that's way outside my skill set as far as electronics repair. Um, so I think that's a big question that needs to be answered. There's so many questions, and we need answers to all of them before the crowdfunding phase starts. I would like to think that this is an 
early rendering, a kind of a request for comment sort of thing, and not necessarily a finalized, costed out, hey, this is what we are going to do, because quite frankly, if they're going to drop in our laps in 2021 a console that requires old video hardware to run through to get it onto a modern screen. I, even though I said the Venn diagram is going to be like 1-1 one, one overlap between existing Odyssey 2 video pack owners and this thing, um, you're not even going to have all of that existing user base buying this if you don't future-proof it just a little bit in some very common-sense ways. Um, look to the Retron 77, which was a an Atari 2600 compatible. Look to that as the baseline for what this should be. Retron 77 played everything that a 2600 could play, you could plug your existing controllers into it, and I think it also had USB ports for controllers. And it natively output HDMI video, so you could hook it up to a modern screen. I am more interested in those basic features than in whether or not I have a tape drive or I can play chess. I already couldn't do those things with my existing hardware. I, I, I know the European and South American users may feel very differently and very strongly about that, but um, I hope the answers are forthcoming, and I hope that they are thinking a little ahead of the curve in terms of future-proofing this thing and, you know, really making it one for the ages, making it making it something that brings the Odyssey 2 back to some level of respectability. Of course, it could be that this thing is absolutely not intended for us old fogies in North America, and, you know, that's fine too. But I have a feeling that users in Europe, South America, you know, they are also in the 20th century, 21st century... <laughs> Oh, oh, and um, and they may have similar concerns. So, the Odyssey Retro, ladies and gentlemen, I look at it. I don't know what it is. It looks pretty. It looks very, uh, very promising. But, and, and you know, I don't in any way want to discourage the people behind this project. They are to be commended for trying to do anything that keeps the Odyssey line alive. You know, I want to make that very clear. I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm not trying to be overly critical. I'm trying to ask some common sense, consumery kind of questions. And, you know, really, even if you are doing a hobbyist project with crowdfunding you still have to answer the consumer-type questions. You have to, in this day and age. So, I hope they take these questions in the spirit that they are intended, and not as a heap of criticism. Instead, it's a heap of questions, and uh, 
A heap of questions we really need answered before anyone asks us to part with our money. So, um, get in the comments, let me know what you think. It, let me know if this is news to you. It was certainly news to me when it popped up over the past weekend on Facebook. And, you know, I really wish this project the best of luck. I just hope that the answers to these questions make it something that I am comfortable putting any amount of money behind. And really with any crowdfunded project, that's what it comes down to. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon, and this time we'll actually play some games. That's all the time we have for the Select Game Podcast. You can hear Select Game on iTunes, Stitcher, and ThrowbackNetwork.net, and you can also subscribe through the RSS feed. You'll find the podcast itself and occasional goodies associated with it at www.thelogbook.com slash select game. And donations for the site's upkeep and continued podcast production are always gladly accepted at patreon.com slash thelogbook or via my Amazon wish lists. Feel free to drop me a line at the Facebook page for thelogbook.com, via Twitter at logbookguy, or email me at earl at thelogbook.com. Select Game Expanded Memories of the Odyssey 2 is a production of thelogbook.com and was written and produced by Earl Green. Music